Welcome to the Be Free program where you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hi, I'm Loretta Roshke, your host, and Don Kennedy is hosting with me today. Hello, Don. Good morning. Dawn. Good morning. And we are excited about Easter sunrise service and the, everything that's going on. Uh, I tell you what, God is so good. Uh, he is so good to us. And the greatest event in human history, Don, was the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, it was. And we are going to be talking about that today. It's actually uh, the ultimate rescue mission ever performed. Uh, and it's still going on to this day. Over 2,000 years ago, this ultimate rescue mission was carried out. And it's still going on. People are still being rescued today. I love that. Praise God. There's not a lot of things out there that keep going and going and going and going like that, are there? No, but I'm telling you what, this is an everlasting, eternal work of the Godhead. You see, I like to imagine the meeting between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit when they devised this ultimate rescue mission. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, then there had to be started to be uh, blood sacrifices for animals to cover the sin, but it couldn't eradicate or move the sin. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, sin cannot stand in God's presence. Sin, Sin cannot stay in God's presence. And so as sinners, the only way that we could be reconciled back to him after Adam fell, only thing that that could happen was for there to be the ultimate sacrifice of a sinless, sacrificial lamb. Jesus is the lamb that was slain. The blood with the power. Right, the blood with the power. He was sinless. So he was thereby able to, uh, to become the sacrifice that we needed. And I can just imagine the conversation, okay, that the father said to the son, son, I want to have a family. And I want you to have a bride. Will you pay the ultimate price? Will you leave my side? Will you leave the glories and the splendors of heaven and come down to earth in the form of a man, in the form of a baby? And will you offer up your life and lay it down on the cross? Will you allow your blood to pour out for them? Will you do that? I can just imagine um, what a what a heart-wrenching thing that the Father had to say because in, in uh, John 4.10 it says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us mm-hmm. and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. And so if you think about the heart-wrenching of the father giving the son, because this is a, this is a Godhead plan. The father asked the son, are you willing to go? The son to, to the father says, yes, I will go. I will pay the price. I will bear the sin of and their penalty, the wrath of sin in all of humanity. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go. And the Father says to the Holy Spirit, will you raise him from the dead? Mm-hmm. Here's the plan. Here's what we have to do to the get master plan. the master mm-hmm. ultimate rescue mm-hmm. mission mm-hmm. was laid out. The Godhead uh, uh, ratified the terms of the covenant of redemption. 
They went to great lengths to bring us back to him. And it was so powerful. It reaches over 2,000 years yes. and still now reach. and still well, reaching and will continue, until right? he comes back again. Yeah. And so uh, what a beautiful thing. But today I want us to talk about that rescue mission. I want us to talk about it from the aspect of the Father's heart, the Father's cup, which is spoken about in Scripture, and Jesus' price that he paid. What, wh- let's, we're going to look at the cross. We're going to look at the events. We're going to look at what happened, and we're going to end up with the resurrection. And so I want to touch base again, Dawn, on what we spoke about last week when you weren't here. By the way, we missed you last week. Thank we you. missed you. We missed <laughs> you. And we talked about uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And Gethsemane means the oil press. Okay? And it was probably an enclosed olive orchard, which included a press for crushing oil from the olives. Now, this was the place that Jesus went, and he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. He was under such pressure. He was, press, he was being pressed. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love to think about, see, the, the oil. Oil in the Bible is symbolic of the anointing and of the Holy Spirit, and it takes that crushing. The olives have to be crushed, and if they're pressed several times, it's extra virgin and extra, extra virgin. The greater the pressing, the more the pressing, the more the, the more oil comes out, and the finer it becomes. And so Jesus, it's no accident he was at the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, the, the Garden of the Oil Press, because he was going to be pressed greater beyond any other human being Will, will ever be pressed. And so it was probably an enclosed olive orchard, and it had a, a press for crushing the oil of the olives. And so we're going to start, Don. I'm going to read, let's see here, in verse 36 of Matthew 26. Then Jesus came with them to a place. He was uh, with Peter and uh, the sons of Zebedee. And he took, he, he brought them with him to Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And in my my notes in my Bible, it says, The agony Jesus experienced was not occasioned by fear of physical death, but by the association of his death with sin. His holy nature shrank from the thought. So in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God, that we might become His righteousness. So think about that. If you have Jesus, never sinned, always been with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And yet, you begin to think about what's going to happen. Number one, 
there is a cup. It's talking about, he said, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup. What cup? It's the father's cup. Mm -hmm. Do you know what's in that cup? It's the wrath against sin. It's the penalty and the judgment of sin. That's what's in that cup. I have a whole... He had to drink the bitter water. He had to mm-hmm. drink it. Mm-hmm. And it fully, mm-hmm. completely, and totally. Now, I've been meditating on this. And I've been thinking about this. And I think about... If Jesus, who never knew no sin, was perfect and was perfect love, and he was doing this for me, but he had to take every single sin... I've ever committed every ounce of every it. ounce of mm-hmm. it from birth on. What a heavy load to be to have poured on him at one time. Now hang with me. Just my sin. I couldn't imagine the weight of that sin, the the darkness, the penalty, the wrath for that sin for me. Well, what about for my family? The weight of the sins of my whole family. How pressing and crushing that would be. What about the weight and the sin of the pressure and the the sin of our whole city, Kerrville? What about of Texas? What about the United States? What about the entire world coming on here at one time? One Mm -hmm. time. But not just those that are alive now. Those that have ever lived and will ever live. Mm -hmm. The weight, the full weight and punishment, uh, the wrath of that penalty, that sin uh, carries a heavy load. Sin brings death. Sin brings death. But Jesus willingly chose who had never sinned. He chose to drink the cup of the fury. To drink the cup of the degradation, of the, of the, of the, the penalty of it. I, just, mm-hmm. I wish I had better words. The lowest thing that could happen. The worst thing that could right. happen. The... Yeah. I, I mean, I can't even fathom it for, if it was just for me. Just mine, mine alone. How crushing that would be. But the whole world, for every single human being, can you imagine the weight coming on him? Can, and I can understand why he said this. He said, Oh, my father, if it is possible, if there's some other way, if there's a different Covenant of redemption that we can bring back our, the ones we love, that we can rescue and bring them back into fellowship and reconcile them back into fellowship and relationship with us. If there's any other way, then let this cup, what cup? The Father's cup. The cup of the agony. He, and he was shrinking away from that. Not the physical pain. I don't believe it was. I'm I'm sure that was on his mind, but it was that. If you think, if you are completely sinless, you've never sinned. All you've known is purity and holiness and fellowship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You'd only known light. You'd Mm -hmm. only known light and And not darkness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and love. So 
He says, nevertheless, and my friend um, Linda Nelson said this the other day, and I thought this is such a unique perspective. She was asking the Father, and I brought this up last time. She was asking the Lord, Lord, what does that mean there, nevertheless? Nevertheless. And she felt like the Lord downloaded her and said, he was saying, never the lesser of me. Never. He was Mm, fully God, Mm -hmm. fully man. Mm -hmm. And when he was on the cross, he could have tapped into his deity and just come right off that cross. But he chose to be he, he, he didn't died give for less man. of himself. Right. Mm-hmm. He said, never the less of me, not the flesh part, not the, uh, I'm not going to give place to that. Yeah. I'm never choosing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing. I'm choosing the will of the Father. I'm choosing to pay the ultimate I'm choo- sacrifice. I'm choosing the more. Mm-hmm. Choosing the more. Uh, what a great lesson for us and what a great revelation that mm-hmm. we, Lord, let us not live in the nevertheless, the, mm-hmm. the lesser of mm-hmm. what we've been created to be and the destiny and the identity that we have. And so uh, Jesus chooses, he, uh, let, let's just finish reading that right quick. Verse 40 of Matthew 26. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? I mean, he's, he's beginning to feel the weight of it. Watch and pray lest you enter into. I just want to take a second right there. Did you know you have a choice to enter into temptation or not? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Remember that. You have a choice to say no and to Mm -hmm. not enter that doorway. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He was fully God, fully man. But he died as us. Mm -hmm. He he felt the pain, every bit of it. And if he was fully man, he, he... Had that he would he wanted his flesh wanted to have that tendency to step in and say nope I'm not doing this mm-hmm. we often give up when it's too hard right exactly right yeah <laughs> yes that's the le- that's the lesser part that's of the us. lesser part of us and so um, he said the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak again a second time he went away and prayed saying oh my father if this cup cannot pass away from me Unless I drink it, your will be done. Second time he's prayed that. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. See, they didn't understand. They didn't have a full revelation and understanding, although he'd been telling them he was going to die. They didn't have a full revelation of what was happening. They weren't, in, they weren't experiencing that pain. Mm-hmm. And he came and found them asleep. All right. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time. Can you just feel the humanity of Jesus there saying the same words? And of course, we know that he did not give in to the lesser of him. No Praise matter God. how alone he felt. No, no matter, matter how alone. Or how overwhelmed yeah. or anything. <laughs> but so he chose to be crushed. He chose to give it all for you and I. The Father chose to give His only Son so that He have many sons and daughters, right? When we accept Christ and we go out and we lead other people to Christ, that's given the Lord the reward of His suffering. It's bringing Him the reward of His suffering is what the Scripture says. And so uh, Jesus kept His eyes on the price. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. What was the joy? We are. 
we're the joy. We're the joy. And we're the one that essentially killed him. He laid down his life, yes, but he did it because he had because to. Because I needed because him. Because we mm-hmm. needed him. Mm-hmm. For we were the joy, and we were the reason that he died. Uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing to me. I, I wish I, I've been praying and said, Lord, please help me to understand this. Mm-hmm. I just have a little tiny inkling to see and to grasp this ultimate rescue mission that could only be carried out. A decision made by the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit had to be carried out. Jesus, the Father had to be willing to let Jesus go. I just, you know, we, I think sometimes we don't think about the heart-wrenching of the Father. Right. I think about how much I cried just to let my kid go away to college or whatever, and that had nothing, that was not even a dip. Right. In what he felt, right. having to let his child go. Exactly. Like he had to turn him over completely to the world. Yeah, exactly. When we have the choice now, we let our kids go. We have prayer and, you know, and all those things. But he had to totally Mm -hmm. leave him uncovered Mm -hmm. to let him bear the weight of everything that needed to be accomplished. Exactly. And what, I mean, as a parent, it's it's almost... Unfathomable. Yeah, we can't even put ourselves in that (laughs) place. Um. Wow. But as we know, Jesus did not did not back, he did not shrink back from the mission. He did not st- shrink back from the ultimate rescue mission for you and I, all of humanity. And as we know, then he was betrayed and arrested in the garden. Mm-hmm. And they began to he faces the Sanhedrin. And he began to be um, questioned, and uh, so many things began to happen, and, and false testimony accusing him, did, uh, betrayal. I did see one thing this morning real fast about when he was arrested um, that sp- stuck out to me more than before than it hadn't before, and it said, he said, Jesus said to Judas, he said, do what you came for, friend. Yeah, he called, yes. He still yeah. called him friend, even though he had betrayed him. Yeah. So we need to remember that. Even yeah. though we've messed up and betrayed him at times in our lives, mm-hmm. he still calls you friend. Amen. He st- yes. and, it, and it talks about it being a how, how he kissed him, and it was a sign of affection, affectionate and fervent greeting of an intimate friend. Mm. Thank you, Lord. So he didn't go, oh, you bad dog, you. Yeah. He turned on me. Yeah. I'm not having anything to do with you. Right. No, he gave him an affectionate mm-hmm. greeting. Yeah, right. Yeah, a fervent greeting of an intimate friend. Yeah, yeah. Despite the betrayal. Mm-hmm. And that just touched me this yes. morning. I was like, thank you, Father. That's just one more layer you show us of how much you, you love us. Yes. Amen. Instead of seeing the bad in us, you always see the good in yes, us. Yes, he does. Thank God for that. Thank you, Jesus. So we know that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes, you know, to ask for Barabbas to be released instead of Jesus. You know, Barabbas the murderer instead of Jesus who had never sinned uh, and loved them. And, and healed them. <laughs> and healed them and, yeah, came to rescue them. And Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, crucify him, crucify him. Crucify him. Wow. 
Um, and then they, they scourged or they flogged Jesus. And a victim to be scourged was stripped and tied to a whipping post. Then he was beaten mercilessly with a whip consisting of several leather thongs, each loaded with jagged pieces of metal or bone, and weighted at the end with lead. Fragments of flesh would be torn from the victims, some of whom did not survive the ordeal. They put 39 stripes on Jesus' back for every major disease so that we could be healed. By his stripes, we are healed. And he had to will himself to, to live yeah. through that yeah. and c- accomplish the work right. of the cross, right? Yeah. He, and yeah, he did. Because if he had died there, it would not have been the same. If he'd have given up before right. it was time. It had to mm-hmm. be all accomplished. Mm-hmm. Everything that was prophesied and, and spoken about in the scriptures in mm-hmm. the Old Testament, it all had to be filled to the letter, and it was. But think about that whip of big, strong Roman soldiers yielding this whip, uh, this leather with leather thongs with jagged pieces of metal or bone and weighted with lead and tearing into and literally flaying him. Mm-hmm. See, Jesus is the lamb. We won when we get a paper cut, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. But Jesus is the lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. They would take a lamb in the Old Testament, the Passover, and they would... They would flay. They, it had to be one without blemish, a male without blemish. And, and they would have to flay him in, in a burnt sacrifice and a burnt offering. And Jesus ultimately fulfills that. We no longer uh, you know, have to slay animals. Jesus' blood, mm-hmm. the, the blood of bulls and goats cannot cleanse you from sin. Mm-hmm. And they had to keep doing it over and over. But Jesus was the lamb. And so they literally began to flay him with that whip. And then the soldiers start to mock him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and a reed in his hand or a stick. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. You think about that, the one who is royalty, the one who is the king. The most royal of anybody that ever walked the earth. That's right. (laughs) They take his robes off. You know, they strip him and they put a scarlet robe on him to mock him. And I I brought this up last time, and I don't know why this this really bothers me, the whole thing, of course. But the (laughs) reed, they put a stick in his hand, like for a scepter, like he was, Mm -hmm. and they they just stuck a stick in him, in his hand. And, and they, took, they, they took a crown of thorns and pressed it in his head. And it was like mocking him. So you're a king? Mm-hmm. Really? You're a king? Who, who do you think you are? And I'm just, and, and the Lord just being silent mm-hmm. as a lamb before the slaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat on him. And they took the reed and struck him on the head that has these huge thorns. He's wearing a crown on his head already that is a thorn several inches. And then they take the stick or the reed they put in his hand and they beat him on the head, pushing them into his head. Mm -hmm. The blood comes out. The blood's pouring out from his back. They're spitting on him. They're mocking him. 
Then they, they tore the, took the robe off and put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. He is so beaten. He has been so abused and beaten that they had to get uh, a man of Cyrene, Simon, to carry his cross. Mm-hmm. He was weak. He was weak. And they came to a place called Golgotha. That is to say, the place of a skull. And I'm going to stop here in just a second. Uh, but Golgotha, the skull, reminds me of how Jesus paid the price. He died on that, on top of that mountain, which means that uh, our minds can be healed. Mm-hmm. He died. He, it's very significant and symbolic that he died on that hill. Mm-hmm. And to me, it speaks so because uh, a skull is dead, mm-hmm. deadness, death. But it also speaks of the mind to me. And that has always brought me comfort that mm-hmm. we have the mind of Christ. Well, it also reminds me that we can win every battle that exactly. we have in our mind. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, um, we're going to continue this right after the break. And I just want to encourage you, if you've never accepted the Lord as your Savior, if you've never said yes to Him for the price He paid for your sin, bearing your sin, then it's so simple. All you have to just say is, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Wash me, cleanse me. I confess my sins. I confess I'm a sinner. Cleanse me. I'm, I want to be yours. Take over my life and be in control. I'll give you everything in my life in Jesus' name. Amen. If you did that, uh, you prayed that from your heart, then you've become a new creature in Christ. And I want to invite you to call our prayer line at 866-241-0579. We want to send you out some scriptures. Uh, for you to stand on and to uh, for as being a new Christian, or maybe you just rededicated your life to Him, we're going to send you some stuff out free. Also, you can call our prayer line at 866-241-0579, 866-241-0579. And we have anointed prayer partners to pray with you and come into agreement with you and praise God with you over your salvation or rededication, or if you need healing, deliverance, whatever you need. Uh, we love to pray with you. So call our prayer line. I want to invite you to go to my website. We have so many, and we've got hundreds of TV shows, radio podcasts, free, free for you to be ministered to because that's what we want to do as ministers about His kingdom. And uh, thank you so much to everyone that's giving, given to us. We appreciate it so much because of you, we're able to continue to preach the gospel. If I believe that when you partner with us, that you partner in that anointing, you become a partaker of the anointing on this ministry, as well as the fruit and the reward for every uh, salvation and people minister to in the word going forth. So thank you. If you've never done it, you can go to our website or if you want to do it again at luada.org, L-O-U-A-D-A.org, and you can give that way. Thank you. We'll be right back. 